Welcome to today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light. Sun, Salt, and Light, S-O-N, knowing and growing in your daily relationship with Jesus Christ, but also being the salt and the light in your marriage, in your family, at your place of work, at your church, and even in the community you're in. I'm Pastor Michael Petit. This is a radio ministry of our church, Calvary Chapel Divine, here in Divine, Texas. We are so glad that you joined us for today's broadcast. We are a Calvary Chapel, so we simply teach the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter. We believe that God uses His Word to transform, restore, and to change lives one verse at a time. If you're visiting our area, you'd like to get information about our church or church service times, maybe even track down some of the other teachings that we have available through podcasts, whether it's through Audible or Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you can do all of that at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. If you have your Bibles ready, we'll be in the book of Genesis, chapter 16, verses 1 through 16. We'll actually probably only get to verse 4 on this study. This is a part 1. Uh, I simply entitled this, Abram Fails to Lead His House and wait on God. Abram fails to lead his house and wait on God. Here is the second half and conclusion of this two-part study. And to always do what's best for his spouse and his family. That's our role. And, and, and we don't see men doing this today. In Genesis chapter 3, verses 17 through 19, it said, Then Adam, he said, Because you have heeded, same word, because you have heeded the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree which I have commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for your sake and toil. You shall eat of it all days of your life. But thorns and thistles it shall bring forth you. And you shall eat the herb of the field and the sweat of your face. You shall eat bread till you return to the ground for out of it were taken uh, for dust you are and dust you shall return he tells them you you because you have heeded your voice of your wife you heeded uh abram heeded the voice of sarah but what did we learn at the very beginning of genesis genesis chapter 2 verse 24 therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and become joined to his wife and they shall become what one flesh one flesh right one flesh. My, my job is as a, a pastor of the home. It's, I want you to understand. What I do here, this is what I do here. My most important job that, that God has given me is to be a husband. God has, has put me in a covenant. A covenant which I didn't even understand. I got married in, in the Catholic Church. I didn't know Jesus Christ. Right? And I'm going to talk about that this weekend. 22 years of a broken marriage. I mean, just a mess. Just a mess. And then we came. I came to know Jesus. She came to know Jesus. And then one of the things I learned that one of my jobs is as a husband is to actually have Scripture written on my heart so that I can wash her with the Word and that we can teach our children. That's my job. I'm, I, discipleship begins in the home. It starts there. And it's not a ministry. Your family is not a ministry. Just FYI. It's not a ministry. God has put you in a covenant with your husband. You are one flesh. You have kids. They're, they're there for you to disciple. And guess what? doesn't matter how old they are. 
you're still discipling them. I got five grown adults and I still am imparting counsel to them, praying with them, sharing scripture with them. It's, that's my role. And now as a grandfather, that's the beauty of what God allows us to do. And so as a husband, it's a very important role that we should have. And, and Abram wasn't fulfilling this role for Sarah. He wasn't. I mean, let's just be straight up. He wasn't. He didn't, he didn't argue the point with her. He was just like, okay, this is a bad decision. A bad decision. He is tempted, and he goes for the temptation. Lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, pride of life, right? You know, he, he, Hagar's there. He has no problem just heeding. I'm like, I'm like, okay, I'm going to do it. But Abram was tempted greatly. So his temptation, with that, Abram's going to satisfy his flesh. It's a quick result, but it's going to be a long-term problem. A long-term problem. He had Sarah's approval, right? But what does God's Word say? It didn't say male, female, female. It said male and female married. So it, it, that within itself was wrong. But he's like, well, Sarah said it was okay. Sadly, it's the, the consistent with the sins of the flesh. It's okay. You're fine. You're fine. No, it's fine. It's okay. It's actually a pretty cool song. <laughs> but again, it goes back to the, the, the consistent sin of the flesh in First John chapter 2, verses 16 through 17. For all that is in the world is uh, in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away and, and the lust of it, but he who does the will of God abides forever. You know, Abram's going to make another mistake here. He's already lied. This ain't my wife. He already lied about that, right? And, and, and then he didn't trust God. He, he keeps asking about the covenant, and, and there's lack of faith there. I mean, he withstands the temptation of the kingdom of Sodom, but he fails to withstand this temptation. And that's, this is something very important for you to understand. Women have a large influence over their husband. And you need to be very careful with that. Because if you're doing it in the wrong heart, not biblically, you can sway him to make decisions that go ungodly and unbiblical. My wife, I've known her since I was 16 years old. So she has the most influence. She knows me better than anybody. She knows all my quirks and all my messes and all my stuff. And I can tell you, we used to play games for those 22 years of trying to manipulate each other before Christ. And she could do it in a heartbeat. She knew exactly how to do it. And I knew how to push her buttons as well. But that's not what God has called us to be now as one flesh to, to as our marriage should be something holy and should be a light. And that's what people should know. It should, it, should, it should reflect Christ. Isaiah 50, verses 10 11. I wrote this one down this morning. I actually heard this from Adrian Rogers this morning. I loved it. I was like, I love this verse. Isaiah 50, verses 10 through 11. Who among you fears the Lord? Who obeys the voice of his servant? Who walks in darkness and has no light? Let him trust in the name of the Lord and rely upon his God. 
Look all who kindle a fire, who encircle yourself with sparks, walk in light of your fire, and in the sparks you have kindled this, you shall have from my hand, you shall lie down in torment. None of us want to wait 10 years for a covenant answer. Let's be honest, right? None of us want to walk in darkness, but we're to be the light. We're to understand that there are going to be times when we have to trust God when things don't line up to what our thoughts are. Like this is not how it's supposed to be. And so for, for Sarah, it's very important for her to understand like you shouldn't be swaying your husband this way. In Proverbs 12 verse 4 it says, An excellent wife is the crown of her husband, but she who causes shame is like rottenness in his bones. And that rottenness in the bones actually means to, to implies the loss of joy and strength. Like you're sucking the joy and strength out of your husband. It's, that's crazy to think about, right? But this temptation, this, this, this stumbling block that's, that's been put in front of Abram, he shouldn't have fell for it. And we need to be careful not to put stumbling blocks in front of each other as well. In 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9, it says, But beware lest someone this liberty of yours become a stumbling block to those who are weak. If you're a strong Christian, you've been walking with God for a while, you should not be causing a stumbling block to someone who's younger in the faith. In Matthew chapter 18, verse 10, it says, Take heed that you do not despise one of these little ones, for I say, that in heaven their, their angels always see the face of my Father who is in heaven. Romans 14, 13. Therefore let us not judge one another anymore, but rather resolve this, not putting a stumbling block, our calls to fall in our brother's way. We are to build each other up, to edify each other, to build each other up in faith. And that means when things don't make sense, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. D.L. Moody said this about that verse. He said, trust in yourself and you're doomed to disappointment. Trust in your friends and they will die and leave you. Trust in money and you may have it taken from you. Trust in reputation and some slanderous tongue may blast it. But trust in God and you are never to be confounded in time or eternity. Trust in God. That's what Abram should have told Sarah. It's like, hey, I can't do this. We need to trust in God. We need to trust the covenant that God made with us. Let's pray. You know, why is your heart troubled right now? Let's pray about it. And see, that's one of the biggest things that we need to do is like it, it, it is not easy to do that in times of trouble, but we have to remember what we talked about last week. If you're struggling in your faith, you need to get into the presence of God. Whether it's in His Word, whether it's in prayer, whether it's in fellowship, whether it's through worship, whether it's through church, whatever it is, that's what you need. And I can guarantee you, there are some of you that were like, I don't want to be here tonight. I've been there. I've been sitting in those seats on a Wednesday night where I'm like, man, I just don't feel like going. Like my life is turned upside down. I don't want to be at church tonight. I don't feel like being at church tonight. But man, every time that I would go through something like that and I was there, I got something that I needed to hear from God. And if I would allow the devil to keep me home 
and just said, you know what, let me just put something on. I don't know, there ain't nothing to watch on Wednesday night anyway. I don't think there's TV anymore like it used to be. It used to be back in the day, you knew that you knew what was on on Wednesday night, right? Now it's you got access to everything whenever you want it. That's the problem. So the second mistake that Abram makes with Sarah, he he tried to do things in his own time, and not God. So they both make make this problem worse. And then Sarah, Abram's wife, took Hagar, her maid, the Egyptian, and gave her to her husband, and Abram to be his wife. And Abram dwelt ten years in the land of Canaan. So Abram reacted in the flesh. He reacted in the flesh. But he also, Abram lacks leadership. Men, you got to lead. You have to. I'm not saying you go around bossing your wife and telling her what you got to lead. Like you need to know her heart and you need to know how to lead. And you can't do that on your, on your own. You need God to help you with that. We forget, like, marriage is such an important thing that Jesus even talked about this. People say that Jesus never, never discussed homosexuality, never discussed. It's all in Matthew chapter 19, verses 3 through 8. If you want to do the transgender thing, Jesus took care of that too. Because he, he, he goes, the Pharisees also came to him, testing him, saying to him, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for just any reason? And he answered and said to them, Have you not read that he who made them at the beginning made them what? Male and female. So that transgender argument's right out the window. You're either created male and female. Okay? But this is the part that, that people don't like. And said, and, and said, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his, what, wife. Not a man leaving to his mother and father to join a, another man, right? So Jesus is dealing with all of this stuff in this one scripture. And, and people don't, they, they don't want to address this when they talk about those things. But it says that they are no longer two, but one flesh. And therefore, what God has joined together, let no man separate. You know what the beauty of that is? Is when there's a covenant between husband and wife. And the only way that that covenant is when, when the love of the husband and wife is so strong. And the only way that covenant is busted is because of who? God calls one of them home. And, and, and I know it hurts. And I know we have two that go through that. And... But the beauty of it was is that your husbands walked with God. And they made such an impact, not just on y'all, but in this church. And, and, and when I think about two becoming one and, and God saying, you know what? The only way that covenant's getting broke is when I call them home. That's like, I'm not quitting. I've been married 37 years. And until God calls me home or calls her home, that's the end of it. And I told her, you know, we've talked about it because she's asked me, would you ever remarry? And I'm like, no, I, I, I just don't see it. I, I, I don't know why. You know, ain't nobody going to put up with me but you. So um, that's one of the reasons for sure. Um, but at the end of the day, it's, it's like we need to, especially in the church, we need to celebrate marriage, especially when it brings when you're walking with God and it's the light of Christ, like it, it draws people to you because they see you as a godly husband and wife. It's a beautiful thing. 
And I pray that, that all of, you know, that's one of the things that's sad is that there are so many broken marriages in the church, you know, uh, that, that we would see more of those marriages. And that's, that would be the hope. But we see, again, just the, the, the leadership issue that happens with, with Abram. But Abram also has a lack of control. He struggled with his faith, and this is not the only time that he struggled with his faith. A married man is to, to be married to one woman before God. And he is to love her as Christ loved the church. In Ephesians 5, 23, it says, For the husband is the head of the wife, and also Christ is the head of the church. And he is the Savior of the body. It's like when we don't lead, we're failing what God has called us to do. I've been called to lead. And, and, and within that leadership, I'm going to make bad decisions at times. Hopefully not a bunch of them. But I know my wife is going to support me in those decisions. Um, and when I make, make, make a bad one, she's not going to be there and go, See, I told you so. Because that's not her nature. And, and Sarah's given Abram probably the worst advice ever. Like, hey, go into, my, into Hagar. And it's like, no, man. He should have argued the point. There's nothing in Scripture where he argued it. That's the saddest part about that Scripture is he just gratified his flesh. And that's where a lot of men are today is, is they, they, their focus is, is human nature of gratifying the flesh and the loss of self-control and they're allowing themselves to go into to things they shouldn't mess with in sexual morality. In Proverbs 25, 28, it says, Whoever has no rule over his own spirit is like a city broken down without walls. You make foolish decisions. You just, whatever my flesh wants, that's what I'm going to do. What my stomach wants. Remember we talked about, you know, Esau, right? Whatever my stomach needs. And what, it, what the stomach represents is whatever the world wants to, whatever I'm going to get from the world, that's what's going to fill me. And so you make bad decisions and, and it's broken down without walls. There's no rule that governs your life. And you can't lead that way. You know, for me, I, I look at it very simply. In Matthew chapter 5, verses 27 through 28, he says, You have heard that it was said that those of old, and this is Jesus speaking, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you, whoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. And every time you're, you're looking at things you're not supposed to be looking at, you're, you're committing adultery. Pornography is committing adultery. Let's just call it what it is. You're lusting after something. And at some point, Abram had to have looked at Hagar and was like, oh, okay, cool. It's the saddest decision that a man makes right here besides, besides Adam. This is all in Genesis. So he went to Hagar and she conceived and, and when she saw that he had conceived, her mistress became despised in her eyes. So immediately, Sarah starts mistreating Hagar. There's jealousy. This is God's try to tell you not to do this. And now you've created a bigger problem. That's what sin does. Because let's, let's be honest about this. What, what Ishmael, when Ishmael was born, beautiful child, awesome, great, right? But it was birthed out of what? Sin. It was birthed out of sin. Abram should have never have done this. 
But that's where they're at. And so now you have the jealousy, and, and Hagar is going to start being mistreated. And so Sarah starts taking out her frustration and her anger out, not just on Hagar, but eventually she's going to start going after, after Abram. Abram's next, right? Abram's next. And it's sad because Sarah has no concern or compassion or love for Hagar at all. She begins to punish her. And we need to be very careful. It's all too easy to take out the things that are frustrating us in our life and be angry and take it out on the people that we love, the ones that are closest to us. Because it's easy. In Psalm 143 or 141 verse 3, it says, Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth and keep watch over the door of my lips. So what do we learn from tonight? Very simply, right? Bad decisions have consequences. When you take your will and try to do it for a divine purpose, it's not going to end well. You have to be led by the will of God. The other thing is, is sadly, you know, uh, Sarah had come to a point of impatience. And we can be impatient. We are, uh, we are a civilization now of impatient people. Right? Everything has to be cooked immediately. You got to have the microwave. Um, you know, it, it, everything like I, I got my fast food. If it's not, if I can't get through the drive-through quick enough, it's not fast enough. Right? It's just the, everything's we're on a we're a hamster on a wheel. Get out of the wheel, right? Get out of the wheel. Don't don't be so impatient that you start doing things that go against God's will. Okay where you start taking things into your own hands and, and don't do that uh, for men uh, when you don't lead it doesn't end well look I've told y'all this and I mean this uh, my wife is, is sick tonight and she she's here with all these kids during the daytime and so um, she got sick started feeling it yesterday and so she didn't want to get y'all sick so she was like oh i'm gonna hang out at the house but my wife is probably the smartest person like for me why wouldn't i not try to seek her advice for things i lead but i i i surely want to hear everything she has to say i need to know everything that's on her heart before i make that decision do you lead that way then that's important God has gifted you and, and, and with, you know, we call them helpers, but they're more than helpers. <laughs> it's my rib, you know. It's, at the end of the day, I need, I, need, I need that wisdom from her, that discernment that she has. You know, it's important for us to, man, God has given you that and you need to utilize it. Utilize it and, and make good godly decisions, okay? Make decisions that have a, have a biblical worldview. How about that? Because realistically, man, Abram knew, hey, I, we're only supposed to be husband and wife. <laughs> let's, let's, let's make it sister wives or whatever that show is that they have, right? We're gonna add more women to it. That thing's a train wreck now. That guy's lost all the women. It don't work. It don't work. There's a reason why Jesus has to address it. Doesn't work, husband and wife, that's it. But you have to lead. But lead in love. Okay? Lead in love. Um, and then, when things don't go your way, don't take out your anger on everybody else. 
to the ones that you love that are closest to you okay don't do that if you need to come yell at me and punch me I'll let you do all that before you go hurt your loved ones because I would rather you do that you know what I'm saying at the end of the day that Sarah goes right after her right after Hagar and then she's gonna go after we'll find out next week that she goes after Abram next like she's gonna take it out on everybody she's upset she's upset this is an important piece of scripture because this is still affecting this world today this decision it's important to get that this is this is still affecting us today this decision this is what sin does it's a long-term effect and and we need to think before we we step and uh, man Lord's you know part of leading then is speaking Sometimes husbands don't, don't never open their mouth. I got uncles that were that way. No, he don't ever say anything. <laughs> it's like you got to talk. You got to lead. Part of leading is speaking. And so, you know, find out what's on their heart. And make the best decision you can make for your family, for your marriage. Okay? And, and, and you know, at the end of the day, it's important even for us as, you know, as we think about us, our, our lives as Christians. You know, uh, that we make good decisions that are biblical as well. Well, that concludes today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light Radio. We hope that you enjoyed it. If you'd like to submit a prayer request or get in contact with us or find out service times, you can do all of that at our website, uh, as well as get uh, our podcast at Spotify, Audible, TuneIn Radio. Pretty much wherever you can find a podcast, uh, you, you can just type in Sun, Salt, and Light and you'll find it. 